You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Mike, we keep it real on this show. I don't like my parents. My father sold insurance, and I said, I'm not going to do that. So I got very lucky to hustle my way into radio. You must really enjoy spending time with your father. What's it like not only to follow your list professionally, but have quality time with your dad? Yeah, no, it's interesting. Something must be in the water in our household because my younger brother got married this last summer and now owns and works a business with his wife. So they're there together all day, all day, every day. And now I get to spend every morning butting heads with my dad in most days. But no, it it really is a, a unique experience. And you guys know this. You work long enough in this. You have plenty of people, partners that you work with, and you establish that comfort over time. I was able to come in into a space where I was nervous. I was trying to do well. I was learning my way through this, trying to get my reps in. And I was able to do that all in a lot of instances with someone who gave me that ultimate comfort level, who was like a partner that I had had and been around for 25, 26 years leading up to that point, now 28 years. And it's just difficult to replicate that. And it's something that really helped steady and calm me down. And the, and the thing is, you sound just like him. That's, yeah. that's, He's never heard of that before. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, and what's funny is, you know, when, when, when having your dad probably wanting you to play football like him and he tells you what to do and you turn to that age where you kind of resist just a little bit and oh, all yeah. of a sudden it's full circle and you're sitting right next to him. What were you doing? Were you doing radio before you actually had an opportunity to go on with you that? Yeah, I was. And so it was one of those things I was fortunate, even going back to college when I was at Notre Dame, the team was really giving in their time and access where while I was playing, I was able to help do some behind the scenes video content for them and really start to get to work in this space a little bit getting out of college you know trying to play ball for a little while and then finally landing in weekend radio at espn just you know hustling wherever they would basically stick me and allow me to go and slowly working it into more consistent work and finally the two of us realized all right the way his contract's lining up he wants to try and stick around and do more because we realized this was a possibility and the chances that we had to work together were always stuff that we came away saying man how cool would it be to do that full time and so now to get to realize that is unbelievable how do you tune out the haters in the era of social media how often do you hear the word nepotism oh it's a, you know it's one of those things you lean into pretty early on I, i'm pretty disarming when it comes to that because i'm going to acknowledge listen there's a reason i was able to get to a certain level a little quicker than most the thing i always tell people is you don't get to stay for that the entire way nepotism is not a job placeholder for the amount of years that i've already been here now so at some point you learn and you know some people it's never going to be good enough for and you learn to tune it out the best thing about twitter is i can put my phone down and put it away and i don't have to see it and i don't have to hear from anyone that i don't want to if i don't want to Plus, blocking is great i really enjoy blocking i'm a big fan of the mute button by the well, way I don't, give them, I don't even give them the satisfaction yeah, they're right. just sitting there wondering confused and they don't feel like I they've actually that thing though it's oh, very liberating nice. how tough has it been for you though to have to follow in your father because i have a little 14 year old right okay and i find him this is why i'm capable and you of didn't name him yes, cordell jr he's got his own identity his own identity and that's what he really wanted so i gave him his own name so i'm sitting here saying to myself okay how do i keep my Self back to allow him to do his thing, but knowing that he's best at doing what daddy did and he resists just a little bit because he wants his own identity. How tough was, was it for you to kind of, or was it tough for you to take your hands off and allow it to just come natural to you because it seemed like it's so natural for you to do what things you're doing. Yeah, it was. There there were, like anything else, there were tough points along the way. I, I think in general, my dad and my mom both did a good job of never really pressuring us to be any one thing. We got to play a lot of sports when we were younger. We got to try a lot of different activities when we were younger, and they would always tell us, listen, we're not going to force you to do anything, but if you start something, you're going to see through that commitment, and you're going to finish whatever you started, and if you 
you want us to help, we're going to put everything we can behind it. They were going to be there 100% for what we wanted. Now, listen, I was a high schooler like everyone else, and I'd be sitting there watching tape when I didn't want to with my dad the day after games, and he'd be critical of something I did, and I would push back a little bit, but now it's those moments that I realize, you know, made me look at my own game in the way that I needed to going forward. There were things I took, and even now, there are times when, you know, I'll bristle at something dad says, and as I get older, having more and more of that perspective of, man, he's lived so much of what I want to do. It would be such a waste to not use him as such a resource and all this. And to his credit, he has dealt with me being a little hard-headed at times and still been really helpful. Oh, man. Makes for good radio. (laughs) Mike Coley Jr., ESPN Radio, going to talk about Stu Gatz, too, the power of that program coming up. I'm a big fan, and you guys do a wonderful job on the weekends. Let's get to the Super Bowl matchup. not telling you anything you don't know. If there's a key to slowing down the Patriots, history says apply consistent pressure to Tom Brady. Know about Fletcher Cox. We know about Brandy Graham coming off the edge. Do you think Philadelphia can get it done on Sunday? Uh, I I think they can in that area and it was interesting going back and looking the way New England would address a team like Miami in their division where you've got Ndamukong Sue who's going to get you pressure in the middle the way Fletcher Cox is because you've got Derek Barnett on the edge. You've got Chris Long. You've got guys that are active and relentless pass rushers but maybe not top end guys as far as ability. Fletcher Cox combines both of those things so he's going to command not necessarily that chip help we saw against Jacksonville, but double teams in the middle of that offensive line. And you know, I mean, I, as a former offensive line, having to allocate your time and resources there changes the way it affects your edge guys. So that's where they're going to have to find a way to make hay. The problem is the Patriots are just so versatile. Those running backs in the, fat, the flat become a pseudo run game, and they continue to operate business as usual. Do you trust Nick Foles? I <sighs> Not, not enough to pick him over the Patriots in this game because we're buying into Nick Foles on a one-game sample size. Like, he was great in the NFC Championship game and really average to below average in the rest of the time he had been a starter adequate this season. Adequate in the Atlanta game. Not yeah, sensational, ad- but... Adequate in the Atlanta game. That's a, that's a fair point. But I guess leading up to that, we hadn't seen anything the likes of which we saw in that to NFC stick, title to, game. To allow you to stick to it. Yeah. With As we think about where things are in the NFL, fascinating that we're all focusing on the spectacle of the Super Bowl, and then you get the Alex Smith bomb dropping. We presume to be on the move. It's not going to be official till March, but nobody thought the timing would happen now. What do you make of that transaction, and is he truly an upgrade over Kirk Cousins? We know that money was a huge factor in how that thing played out. Yeah, I don't think it was an upgrade as much as it was just stability, and it was like anything else. You know, towards I bounced around to a bunch of training camps after college trying to play ball, and eventually you realize that, all right, this isn't working, and I you covet some stability in your life, and for them it was that in their relationship with Kirk Cousins. You had seen how much that had soured, and maybe it goes all the way back to that initial offer of you know around 12 a year that he considered such a slight or the multiple tags since then but there didn't seem to be I'd imagine any number that was going to repair the damage relationship wise between those two and I I think that's why they needed to make the change they needed to know this is what we're going to have at that spot for the next few years so we can fix the other issues on this team so what happened with Kirk Cousins now what, what is your preference? Because I know there's a multitude of places. There's probably about a good four or five legit places, maybe four legit places he can go to. If you had to pick a perfect place for him, allow him to get the money that he may want, where would be a good place for Kirk Cousins? Yeah, and I'd have to look more at the cap space for this one, but Denver as a team makes the most sense. They're the ones that shown you they can win with bringing a veteran quarterback in in that model. Von Miller is openly campaigning yeah, for the yeah. guy at this point because he understands that his clock is ticking on that team. He was vocal about that this season during the year, and 
team see right now? I mean, there's guys probably in that Kansas City locker room that are looking up going, what we're going to have to entrust our future now for some of us, maybe the tail end of our career to a guy in his second year who's played about one meaningful football game so far. That's a daunting task. So guys understand and appreciate the structure and the stability a veteran brings. Let's wrap it up with the most important topic. What have you learned from Stu Gotts, the grand poobah of hot takes? From Stu Gotts, I have learned that setting expectations low is the easiest way to always look like you are succeeding. Life is about managing expectations and somehow trying to translate it into ad sales dollars. That is the key of the school of broadcasting. Big fan of what you guys do. Oh, you can drop the mic on that one. You can drop the mic on that one because that was really good. Low standards. I'm going to have to try that. I tell you, it's low a low I think we demonstrate that every day, pal. You didn't just see the new tagline on the show? How low can you go? Find out with Cordell Stewart and Brian Weber on the NFL on Tuna. Great to meet you. Keep up the good work. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tuna. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.